Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek, a sixth generation shaman and best selling author of Spirit Hacking, bridges the gap between science and spirituality and brings us back to our roots. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders, to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. The time has come to end codependency and put the power back into people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. What is the shaman school? No. You're not going to be studying to pursue a career in shamanism or to bang a drum. The definition of shamanism is one who understands relationship. The shaman school offering reminds you how to have a better relationship with things and how to nurture these relationships, whether it be with yourself, the food you eat, the people you meet, your ancestry, community, the global community, animals, nature, and so forth. My goal is is to demystify spirituality, to add a bit of science and understanding of how things operate in the energetic planes. The Shaman School's no-nonsense teaching explores all faculties of experience, from the physical, the emotional range, the mental capacity for information, dialogue, lexicon, energy, perception, awareness, how to understand the energy of currency, and so much more. Fundamental education teaches the basics that we need in society, how to read, write, add, subtract, pay our bills, or how to become doctors, artists, mechanics, etc. But the shaman school is a school that we all should have been a part of, one that offers the additional tools needed to better understand who we are, why we think the way we do, what's going on behind the scenes, and what we are actually seeing and processing. Are you living well? Are you paying bills just to keep the roof over your head? Are you in a relationship but not fulfilled? Satisfaction cannot be lowered anymore by the inability to recognize possibility. Living well means fulfilling your ideas and your goals and your dreams and having the best time doing it. In the Shaman School, I've extracted the best from all of the world philosophies, religions, spiritual teachings, and theories, offering a juice without pulp that will empower your life. The Shaman School invites you to a world where you're able to seize the tools of understanding, where you're able to have fun and have more because you deserve more. Go to shamandurek.com and click on the Shaman School for the first step toward ultimate happiness and an understanding of your truest self. Let's make things easier and not harder for our life. We deserve that. See you soon. Hello, beautiful souls, lit leaders of legacy. Thank you so much for utilizing your resources and your intelligence to support change in the world where you can means a lot to me and a lot to all of the elders and spirits in the spirit world that you continue to not be affected by any energies that would want to distract you or keep your attention away from what's important, which is love and which is lifting and shifting our planet to 
become a star kingdom, a regional place of light in the universe where other beings of intelligence can connect and share their resources because we are no longer operating under the veil of needing to suffer for the sake of power and war and destruction and annihilation of our resources that we use our technology and our intelligence to create an exchange with each other that allows every human being on the planet to thrive and adapt in a way that allows them to have life and to not live in fear that if they don't do certain things that they will not be able to survive. Survival on our planet with the level of intelligence that we have should never be in question. The idea that humanity lives in a perpetual fear that they can't even pay their mortgage or rent or put food on the table or have the basic needs of health maintained when their body declines or their mind declines is a reality that is based in a very low level understanding of evolution. We have the capacity to build devices and technology where you can go into outer space and go to the moon. We can send Hubbles. We can create aircrafts that can fly oversea. We can create AIs and robots and technologies that can, that can connect you with people everywhere in the world. We can build weapons of destruction, tanks and guns and bombs that decimate and destroy life. And we can't even find the basic understandings of what it means to be a human being and adapt as one on this planet with the basic needs of water and food and shelter and health and community. And so, yes, it requires all of you, each and every one of you to get out of your parts of you that want to, to be hurt and feel that life hasn't dealt you a fair deck of cards to utilizing what cards you have been dealt as an opportunity to understand humanity's fall from grace and to step in and say, yes, I have suffered. Yes, I have gone through excruciating pain. Yes, I have gone through, through, through breakup and I've gone through betrayal and I've gone through all types of pain and the darkest, deepest depravities of human behavior towards me or others I have witnessed and seen. And yet still, because of these things, I choose to love. Still, because I see how human beings can be so thoughtless and without emotions to take the life of another person or to hurt another person through words or slander or lies and deceit, I still choose to love. And even when I have seen the destruction of the natural environments in nature and the trees and animals and the desecration of the earth and this oppression and suppression of women and culture and, and people's uh, backgrounds and heritages being wiped off the planet because of technology, just deleting files of information where their heritage has been and where it came from 
so that they can dial it down to a color of a coloring crayon, such as white or black or brown or yellow, and utilize human beings as coloring crayons and not heritage connected to the earth itself, the roots, the soil. I still choose to love. And yet I have seen the oppression of women oppressed and held back from the nature of their own intelligence, their intuition, their ability to proceed knowledge beyond the five senses, beyond the linear uh, mainframe of construct built by masculine a projection to create motivation in people, but by creating a structure of time and distance between past and future. And yet, even when we're existing in a quantum universe where there is really no time, it is a mental construct built to motivate individuals into movement and to create a fear of lack and limitation of running out of time or not having something. And yet the oppression of women's intelligence that would have changed those things to be able to give us new insights in directions of quantum thinking and ability to perceive the multi-dimensional choices that are available, the multi-awarenesses that we could use for discernment to protect ourselves from danger or predatorial energies. And yet we still have oppressed and suppressed them and we've called them names and slandered them and labeled them as whores and sluts and we've put labels on them because of their pleasure principles and their, their need to experience pleasure as women should. And we've, we, we, we've made defiled them and we've raped them and we, we've, we've taken away their ability to have their intuition by telling them they're wrong or they're crazy. And still, we need to love. And men who has been pushed down into this idea that if you don't rise up to become a man who shuts off your emotions and operates like your fellow brothers, you are considered weak and you will be left aside. You will not be able to be accepted in the man's group and you won't be able to be seen as a man if you don't have a certain level of the masculine traits that is considered to be a man. And then you will not be able to have the hot girl or the hot guy or you won't be able to fit into any form of society if you are in the community where, where where people love the same sex you need to have a chiseled body and perfect abs and you have to be you look like a model that came off a magazine for you to be accepted and loved and if you are in the community where those who love of the opposite sex you have to be able to be masculine and fit this idea of having certain amount of money and have certain type of masculine traits that are considered masculine for you to be considered even valuable, to be even have a family or have children and to be considered uh, sexy by, uh, by the media and advertising companies that will put billboards of men and women of what you think they're supposed to look like and what you should be attracted to. And then we'll put it in movies and we'll put it in television so it's constantly given to you so that you can say, this is what a man should look like and this is what I attribute and aspire to be and this is what a woman should look like and this is what I attribute and aspire to be. And therefore, anyone else who doesn't fit in that space is not qualified as beautiful, not qualified as as necessary function of humanity and therefore will get less because those who fit that that image 
doors will open for them easier because we created that. And still, that is an oppression of the human spirit. The idea that you have to fit into a box in order to be loved. You have to fit into an appearance in order to be seen. You have to fit into a certain group of class, of money, to be able to be valued. And this, again, creates a hierarchy. This creates division. This creates dissension and dissonance. Where if you are not popular enough and you don't have enough followers and you don't have enough people who are loving you, who may not really love you, they might like certain things that you do and what you what you bring to the world as far as your knowledge and information, but they don't really know you. But then there's people, of course, who do know you because they're in like mind and spirit. Like, for instance, everyone who's listening here in the tribe, we love each other because we are like mind and spirit. But there are people in the world who will marvel after a Kardashian or some famous person, but they know nothing about them. They're only marveling off the fact that they're popular. That's not having a spiritual connection. That's having a, you're popular. I'm going to love you because everyone else loves you. I'm going to follow the herd. And even that creates a lot of suffering and pain in the world because people who don't have all those followers and don't have that degree of community with them feel like they're worthless and they're useless. And unless they attribute to getting to those places and reaching to that pinnacle of what they think success is, they don't see their value and they fall into depression and drugs and suicide and then the list goes on. And still, we need to love greater than those things. We have to be able to love greater than all of those things if we are going to thrive and adapt through these times. You see, success is not based on how much money you have, who you know, how sexy you look in a pair of jeans, how cool, many cool parties you got invited to, you know, what kind of car you drive, you know, you know, what is your, how, how sexually attractive you are, you know, what's below when you open up your pants and what do you have on your upper part of your body? You know, what kind of body do you have? That's not success. Mm -mm. True success is the ability to create change in another person's life. That's a successful person. A person who can create change in another person's life. Who can, how many people have you affected in the most beautiful way for them to be able to adapt and thrive and affect the lives of other people in a beautiful way. That's success. Success is the lives that you touch. How many lives do you touch with love and joy and healing and generosity and kindness and, 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 and just beauty and grace and, and presence before you leave the planet? That is a successful person. A person who is really good at serving is a successful person. Not serving because they're in servitude, because there's some type of authority telling them they have to. But a person who chooses to elect to use their free will to serve 
humanity for the sake of love. Love greater than all those things that I've mentioned and so much more. It is the ability to look at a horizon within a horizon. It is able to see the suns within suns, the moons within moons. It is able to see the landscape of possibility formulating itself in every aspect of your life. And you being able to translate and communicate, share and inspire others to see the same horizon of possibility within themselves to see the landscape of possibility where all dreams can happen and will happen once you're there. It is the true understanding of reaching nirvana or heaven on earth to truly understand what it means to come into that true place where you are honoring the graces and the wisdom of the elders of building this sacred land Not the land you stand on, but the spiritual, mental, emotional, physical landscape where the four pillars of the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual can blaze at the highest light to create the fifth element, which is you. It is you outside of the labels and the constructs, outside of the pains and the the woes and the sufferings outside of the tyranny and the darkness and the fear and the lack and the hurt and the separation and the war and the famine, outside of the labels and the hate and the disgust and the vile acts of humanity towards each other and the destruction and desecration of resource and people and animals and nature. It is the landscape that was created by all of the four governing forces of the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual energies fully actualized to create the fifth element, your new vessel that's waiting on you to move into. Just like you moved into this body that was created by the elements, the elements of earth, air, fire, and water that built this body for you through the combination of cell begets cell, from the growth of one cell to another cell to another cell until it created your finger and your finger and another finger and your ears and your nose and your lips your toes and your leg and your back and your spine and your bones, those multiplying cells that had its own intelligence based on the spiritual intelligence of the elemental kingdom, that this beautiful earth that gave you the code to be able to duplicate those cells, those living organisms communicating to each other to keep formulating until the structure of this body was complete and you had two arms and two legs and two eyes and a nose and two ears and lips and all the beautiful things that make you who you are today just because of the embryo and the sperm that was used to 
create the infrastructure of intelligence, drawing, drawing forth both the DNA and RNA of your elders, but the original blueprint, which comes from nature, given so freely through the essence of life so that we have something to move into, has already created your next body. And it's waiting for you to shift the constructs of the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual landscapes that you have been presently walking on and living in and breathing in and building in and creating family in and all of that to removing the stagnant frequencies of energies of labels and attachments and need to be right and constructs of destruction based upon the need to prove one's point over another or one feels something is lacking over another or generating self-creating voids that create chaos for the need to take from someone else to fill in that which you feel depleted in all of which is literally a systematic array of energy disturbances created by us not choosing to understand the frequencies that are calling to us from a void where our brothers and sisters are reaching out from this dark realm saying please Listen to my story that I keep sending into your mind. You keep thinking it's you. It's me. I'm trying to explain to you how I fell into darkness. Help me out by learning what, what, why I fell into darkness. So once you take on this frequency and move through this frequency and rise out of this frequency by taking on the collective shadow over your light so that your light can heal not only the shadow but also use it as a way to propel me out of the darkness and back into the light so that I can stand with you, my brothers and sisters. Instead of you thinking that the darkness is evil and corrupt, it only is these things because it seeks that it cannot be loved. It seeks to prove that it cannot be loved. And so it creates more in ways to see, can you love me if this happened? Can you love me if I do this? Can you love me if I do that? That's why you have to go beyond it. You have to go beyond the constructs of this world. You have to love greater than those things. That's the real spiritual journey. That's, you know, I see everyone doing yoga and people are, you know, doing their health regimens and wellness and meditating and doing silent retreats and doing ayahuasca and a bogain and, 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 you know, toad medicine and combo and, you know, peyote and people going on a vision quest and, you know, doing everything they can to reach some form of enlightenment. The only enlightenment you ever need and that will ever get you anywhere is to love greater than. To love greater than. If you could take that word to love greater than then, love greater than the fear, love greater than the hate, love greater than the words that were ever told to you, love greater than the abuse that was ever inflicted upon you, love greater than the person who broke your heart, love greater than the pain that you feel in your body, love greater than the hurt that you experienced from the people in the world or from a friend who betrayed you or let you down, love greater than the abandonment, love greater than the war on the planet, Love greater than the discord. Love greater than 
the political person you voted for and what you feel about the others, love greater than all of that, you will reach enlightenment. I assure you. You will reach enlightenment. I promise you that. Love you. Hey, Tribe. So the Tribe wants to hear from you. And I know a lot of you are talented out there in music and poetry and recipes and ideas and just, you know, things that you want to share with the Tribe. You can send that information to info at shamandurek.com and share your gifts with the Tribe. Love you all and stay lit. Hi Tribe, this is an amazing share by M Ancient. This song is called The Earth Remix. You can find him on Instagram at M-A-N-C-I-E-N-T on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter with the same word and name. And enjoy this amazing, wonderful Earth Remix.
Bay Tribe, we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors, who is Lit Verified. The Lit Verified store is open. But what does Lit Verified mean? Lit Verified is an acknowledgement and stamp of approval by the tribe. I have tried each of these products and they are the best. Lit Verified products vary from beauty, technology, clothing, food, health, and wellness, and anything that is ethically sourced, organic, maintained, and sustainable. Not every product offered to the team passes the Lit Verified test. No, not at all. Every Lit Verified product is carefully researched. Every CEO has been met with. Every ingredient carefully looked into the process production of all of it. I have seen the impact these vendors are making. Their vision and ethics are aligned with our tribe, with people who are consciously supporting community and want to make a difference in our world and make it a better place for us. Lit Verified products are ethically sourced and meet the highest industry standards. When purchasing Lit Verified products, we give back by creating sustainability and by leading the world to make better choices. You can be confident that you're buying into a company that supports a vision for change, not just a company that wants to line their pockets with money. We live in a time where we are oversaturated by commercials, TV, and social media, where far too many celebrities and influencers are endorsing things they know nothing about and things they might be doing damage to people, to the earth, and to animals. With Lit Verified, we've taken that doubt out of the equation. You're not only getting the best, but you're also doing the best. Pick up your awesome Lit Verified items at shamanduric.com and click on the link that takes you to Lit Verified. Love well, tribe. All right, tribe. Time to hear from our special guest. Hello, tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And I just want you to know that I love you. And if anyone hasn't told you that, well, let me be the first. I love you and I'm appreciative and thankful for you showing up for yourself every single day and honoring your journey and your life by nourishing yourself and giving yourself everything you need to be a lit leader. And speaking of Lit Leader, I'm also thankful and grateful that you're sharing your love, your wisdom, your grace, your beauty, and your geniusness with everyone around you. Because that's what fortifies and makes a tribe strong, is when each person in the tribe is recognizing their power as a complete connection to bringing forth more love and amplifying more love on the planet. And how, how amazing is that, right? Leaders among leaders, right? Because we are not in the age of guruism anymore or hierarchies or the definitions of those things. We are in a place right now where each of us has wisdom to share and knowledge and all of us can learn from each other. And that's what's so beautiful and amazing about life. And also what's really amazing about life is taking care of yourself and nourishing yourself and doing the things that you need to do so that your spirit can be housed in this body. And so it's just as strong as your spiritual awareness is, which is your ability to evolve, 
It's also important to have your body be the temple and the energy that you need in order to evolve in. And when we talk about evolution, we talk about adaptation and we talk about bringing ourselves to a higher level and what we need in order to thrive as a species and as a human being to maintain homeostasis and balance in our life. And speaking of someone who is about balance in their life, it's an amazing guest who is here in the studio with us, Troy Casey. Troy Casey is a leading longevity authority and also known as the Certified Health Nut. Now, how amazing is that name, right? The Certified Health Nut. He has successfully restored physical, mental, and emotional balance to clients who have failed with other systems. And guess what? Troy has just released a book called Hashtag Ripped at 50, A Journey to Self-Love. And it is so wonderful to have him on this share with us on Ancient Wisdom Today so that all of you around the world can soak in all of his knowledge and his teachings so that you can up-level your life and go to a higher place so that you can feel more sustainability and be able to bring your message to the world in the right way. So I want to welcome Troy Casey to studio. Hello, Troy. Super excited to be here. Hello, Shaman Durek. <laughs> I'm very happy that you're here as well. Um, I wanted to, you know, I just want to, you know, I wanted to go right into uh, the certified health knot because, you know, I like it because it's quirky and it's fun. But tell us how 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 did that come about for you in you know in this in your life to become the certified health nut well i was um, i was working in the amazon in 2006 and uh i was in ayahuasca ceremony and uh i'd been doing uh stand up comedy i had been studying natural medicine for many years uh, i was researching the plants in the amazon and uh, an amalgamation of all of those came, you know, my natural medicine studies, my on-camera career, and doing stand-up comedy. And the Certified Health Nut was born. I laughed out loud right in the middle of ceremony. And when I came out of the jungle in 2006, I had all this digital footage. This is before iPhones. And I had this digital footage. Even digital, uh, digital cameras were brand new. I, I started putting it up and YouTube was a brand new reality. So I started putting it on the internet and the rest has been unfolding for the past 13 years. That's beautiful. And I think that's really necessary because you're basically saying that you are documenting your experiences, which a lot of times people don't document their experiences. And that's something that you have done to enrich more of people's lives. You know, I, I, I get a lot of times, you know, when I think about you, I think, okay, a lot of people are like, this is a sexy man. He's so good looking. I remember the first time I looked at you, I was just like, oh my God, who is this guy? Like he stands out in the room. And then I heard from people that you had a modeling career, um, you know, to becoming the leading authority in longevity and holistic uh, health. Tell me about your transition from modeling. What did you learn as a model that led you into really stepping in and becoming who you are today? Well, I think, you know, I think as far as I can see, our curse is our gift. And I had digestive problems uh, growing up as a kid. I, I had uh, asthma. I had issues that I needed to deal with. And when I started modeling, I had to lose a bunch of weight and I had no idea how to do that. And then when I got to Milan, you know, I, I used to bloat, you know, and I would eat pizza and, and drink beer and the age 
agents would be like, oh, honey, you're fat. And so I was like, wow, you know, this is a cutthroat industry. I got I to gotta figure out, you know, my situation. I knew nothing about nutrition. So I went down to the American bookstore and I bought some books on it. And I started studying it voraciously and practicing everything I learned. So that was the beginning uh, 31 years ago. And so uh, having those challenges actually w- woke me up, gave me the inspiration uh, to start changing my life. And then after 31 years, I'm still trying to look and feel my best. Luckily, I had a career in front of the camera to do that. But now, same thing. I'm still in front of the camera and I want to be the best that I can. I want to be presentable. I've got my own shadow. And if I don't stay balanced, then I lead with my shadow. And that's not a pretty thing, uh, to be honest. And so... Through those trials and tribulations, I've been able to share and ex- uh, experience and scour the planet for the best uh, health and healing uh, methodologies, ancient as well as esoteric, uh, and be able to share that with everyone. You know, uh, it's it's really great to have you on uh, today's share because this is uh, basically Men's Health Month. And so I thought it would be great to have you on at that time to share because you know, when I think of you and I think of like, you know, you know, where you are in your life and you always look great in your body and I watch your videos and I see all the things you're doing and it's, it's really inspiring, you know, and I just, I wanted that to be able for a lot of the men around the world who are listening and also the women, what is it that you feel is the decline in why people don't really take care of themselves and do eat the right foods and do the right things for them to be able to have, um, a balanced self? Well, as far as I can see, I think we've just been programmed with a a brain virus that's antithetical to life itself. And not that it's bad or good or conspiracy theory. I think it's just good for business and selling junk foods, good for business. Selling pharmaceutical drugs is good for business. And so, um, you know, for us to wake up, we've kind of got to go outside of culture. Even let's just take the modeling industry, for example. I mean, who can maintain especially for when it comes to women, those ultra skinny bodies. And I knew a lot of those models. They fueled that ultra skinny body with caffeine addiction, with nicotine addiction, you know, with, with you know, cocaine and other, other elements. And so it's kind of, uh, it's kind of unaccessible uh, for, the, for the most person. And so, um, you know, I, so I... I discovered as many ways as I possibly could to find balance, health, and wholeness so you have the beauty from within inside. And, um, you know, I think holistic health is, you know, true beauty. And, uh, and it shows. And I think a lot of people, even in Hollywood, you see them trying to get that external look, that fit look, that plastic surgery um, you know, kind of the, the fake element gets sold in our, in our culture. And uh, we think we need that, especially with the advent of Instagram and everybody's, you know, trying to compare themselves and trying to be the, the next biggest, hottest, coolest, blinged out person thing out there. And uh, I think if we go back and we find, you know, true soulless, uh, we'll find that, that beauty within us. And so... Again, I think I think a lot of it has to do with just you know programming and culture to really sell uh, goods and services and commodities that aren't good for the human being and aren't ultimately good for the earth. 
Yeah. You know, here's a little interesting tip. You know, I used to be a model back in the days. I was with uh, Karen in Paris and I used to do a lot of lot of campaigns and runway shows and all this stuff. But the way I got into modeling was I used to be a skater and I was skating at the Trecadero in San Francisco. And this person picked me up for modeling. And I had the lowest self-esteem about myself uh, growing up. And then when I thought, oh, okay, well, if I'm in magazines and billboards and so forth. And I remember seeing myself in a gotcha billboard and, and doing all these Levi's and Gap campaigns. And nothing changed in the way I felt about myself. And I realized that this was a journey that was about me realizing the beauty from within myself, you know? And so it's, it's, I love this story about you coming from this modeling and understanding because I dealt with those people. I would go in the rooms and they make me take off all my clothes and be like, okay, turn around. Okay, turn around, put this on. Okay, go in this next room, you know, for the, for the fashion weeks in Paris and stuff like that. But what, what I found very fascinating about the inward journey is you know, how sometimes it takes something like that to realize you know, hey, it's time for me to stop focusing on these superficial things and actually make it a more about uh, a global universal transformation because as I transform, then other people transform. But what do you feel is the block, Troy, that people have um, where they feel like they don't make that assessment or to make that leap into themselves to really make the change to be feeling good from the inside out? Well, I, re- I read about this a bit in my book and it really comes down to the programming that we have. I didn't know who I was. I had no idea. I, I, I put myself through, through college and, and, uh, and when I talked to my counselors, I was just like, all right, well, where's the money at? Cause that's what I'm here to do for college, right? Is make the money. And then they said, you know, science and math pays the best. And so I started to go into, not that I loved math or loved science, but I was like, that's where the money is. And I'm an intelligent human being. So I started plugging away. Well, lo and behold, you know, the, the opportunity to model came up and I was like, oh, well, there's some money. That's some you know, good money, fast money, uh, easy money. That, that, you know, I can make a lot of money doing that, or at least that's what I thought. And so I just followed, I just kept chasing the money. And so I didn't know who I was. But the good thing is, again, back to the curse is your gift, the yin and the yang. I became you know, very successful in that industry. I was a four-time Versace model. I worked with some of the biggest uh, models, Naomi Campbell and Christy Turlington, the original supermodels. So I climbed the ladder to a certain degree, but my soul really still felt empty. And so I used to plug that emptiness and self-medicate myself with drugs and alcohol, which were prevalent in that industry. And that created a party animal in myself. And that was very unsustainable. And so I had to look in the mirror and it was, it was the alcoholism that drove me to my first level of awakening. And then I found Vipassana meditation and I started meditating seriously and went very deep with that technique. Uh, and that was one of the first parts of my awakening. So again, your curse is your gift. The pain got so difficult that I had to pay attention to it. And then uh, I started going deeper uh, with myself. I mean, very deep. Most people don't sit a 10-day uh, silent meditation course uh, and or have the time to do that. And so uh, I'm very grateful for modeling for that perspective self. You know, it afforded me the opportunity to go deep. Did that answer the question? Well, yeah, I love that. I mean, the curse is your gift, right? And I think that when people start to understand that, they can start to make you know shifts that allow them 
to move into a place of sustainability versus from a place of you know maintaining and constantly draining because they're living this 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 idea that they have to continue going down that path until it gets to a breaking point and that's usually what people usually say is that when you hit that rock bottom space rock bottom is different from each person and therefore that that teaching that you shared with us right a remembrance that you just given us which is the curse is your gift. And, you know, for me, I always say that teaching is truly remembrance and that we're not really teaching anyone. We're just helping them to remember and, um, and really getting into that space, you know, and, you know, I have to say coming from a man who uses earth as natural elements to elevate human performance, such as yourself, you know, what would you advise the tribal members who are in colder climates and don't have access to solar energy as much from people who are surrounded by nature? Well, <laughs> I mean, that's, that, that's challenging because I would just say, basically, you know, move towards the sun. I'm a sun worshiper and the sun is the source of all life on, on, on earth. But if you do live in a northern climate, you are in the Iceland, the Finland, the Denmark, the Canada's, the way far up there in Canada, you know, you can align yourself with as many natural elements. And I also know this as far as yin, yang, holistic health, holism, et cetera, that when the Swedes and the Northern Europeans, they moved to San Diego to train for triathlons, they don't have that winter time to go within and to restore themselves. And after about a year and a half to two years, they completely hit a wall and face burnout because they're used to that Northern climate and going within. And, you know, being in California, that's why I'm, I'm so in love with the coronavirus right now because it's like it gives so much frenetic energy in the city of Los Angeles to die off, right? In the span of two or three weeks, that, that whole energy just dissipated. I get more time to rest. I'm not going to the gym right now, so I'm allowing my muscles to heal and rest. Even though I'm walking and moving my body every day, I'm not I, I don't have that frenetic energy with inside of myself. So I would say if you're in those northern climates, you're going to get more sun in the summer. So collect that energy. Uh, and then when it comes to the wintertime, you know, utilize that time to go within, to meditate, to spend more time. The problem is, is that most of us in those northern climates still have this modern day technology and we're all jacked up on digital communications. And so we're constantly go, 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 go. Unless you're in a traditional lifestyle where you are turning the lights off and going to bed after the sun goes down. So I think in this modern world, you're going to have to counter a little bit more and balance a little bit more. Where do you need to slow down? Where do you need to boost up your nutrition or reconnect to nature? Or ultimately, I say it's staying in the bounds and harmonizing yourself with the natural rhythms of life itself. So if you're in a northern climate, you may want to pay attention to that a little bit more. I think that's solid advice, you know, because I've lived in Sweden and I also venture a lot to Norway because of my girlfriend and the family and everything. And, you know, I love, I love, I'm because I'm half Norwegian and the other part of me is African Asian. I have both sides. I'm a sun child, but I also enjoy like winter. That's why I lived in Iceland and Sweden and London in wintertime because I do enjoy the cold. But I do, I think that this advice that you've given is so solid because 
It's like during the sunny times, work out, you know, get into that space. And then wintertime, do the, the internal transformation, you know, get into who you are, why you are, and, and really getting into that very an internal processing, which creates an external experience that, is, that can be different from the one that you've created the winter, uh, the winter or the summer before, because now you're actually really doing a lot of that introspection, which I think is really beautiful and very much needed in a lot of those Nordic countries. Uh, so, you know, health awareness is at its peak right now. What do you feel is the gap between us surviving and thriving in our physical and mental performance? Hmm. Well, and thank God that health and wellness is coming to the forefront. A large portion of what my book is about is the natural law of correspondence as above, so below. How do we expect the world to be healthy, the world that supports us and nourishes ourselves if we are not healthy ourselves? So thank God for that. Thank God that everyone's paying much more attention to their health. Uh, Can you rephrase that question a little bit so I can hone in on it? Mental and yeah. So like, what do you feel is the gap between us surviving and thriving in our physical and mental performance, you know, with everything, you know, that's going on as far as our health awareness? Because like right now, as you like, we could just break it down into like a conversational understanding, right? So you have in this world wellness, right? But everyone is operating in the wellness aspect from this place of this is what I have to do. It's on trend. The wellness thing is the hot thing. It's in every magazine. It's in every fashion magazine. You know, it's, it's pretty much talked about um, across the world as that like, if you are in the health and wellness or doing yoga or doing this thing or doing Vipassana or this and all these different things, is this, this thing, you know, makes you feel like, yay, I'm doing the right thing. But some people are not doing it because they really want to benefit the ability to like do the Vipassana, do the yoga, because it's giving them an ability to stretch themselves in their mind so that they can feel, so, so they can feel how that works in their life and so forth. So, so because it's at a peak right now, you know, what do you feel is the gap between surviving and thriving? Because thriving, as you know, is what it is. And surviving is something that's coming from fear and the need to do what everyone else is doing because you want to stay on top of these things. What do you feel is the gap between the two? Well, that, that that's a good question. And I would just pose that, you know, it's the classic yin and yang. All the ancient sages have said, walk the middle path. So balance is the key. And so we're going to go from the external, what it says in the fashion magazines, right? I should be doing yoga. I should be doing meditation, et cetera, to the internal. Same thing with, uh, uh, you know, living in the northern climate climates. Uh, if you're on the digital communications all night and, and you're living in those northern climates, you know, you're still externalizing your life. So flip that yin-yang coin over if you're not balanced. Remember, you know, it's very simple. If you're eating too much food, maybe you need to eat less. If you're not sleeping enough, maybe you need to, to, to sleep more. If you're moving your, too, your body too much and like high-intensity workouts and trying to solve all your uh, dietary problems in the gym, maybe you need to move less. So keep flipping that yin-yang coin over. In my book, I put the nine pillars of health, hydration, nutrition, sleep, movement, uh, relationships, uh, legacy, nature. Just figure out where in your life you need more balance. Are you getting, like me, I'm a little bit, I get a little bit too much nature. Sometimes I got to stay out of the sun. Sometimes I got to stay inside instead of outside. Other people, you know, maybe they're working in offices. Maybe they need to go outside a little bit more. So really just use that 
you know, there's two forces that guide everything on this planet, yin and yang, masculine, feminine, inhalation, exhalation, bad, good, up, down, etc. So always use that analogy. And if something's not going your way or something's over positive or, or negative, flip that yin yang coin over and reverse engineer it. So, to, so in this particular instance, I would take the externalizing of the yoga and the meditation of something that I have to do and check in with internally, what is it actually that you need? What is it that, uh, that I as a human being, because the subtitle of the book is uh, A Journey to Self-Love. This is self-care. It's not what's good for other. It's what's good for me in the moment. So really take that time to, and I put this in the book as well, the exercise is to literally and figuratively get naked in front of the mirror, look yourself in the eye and ask yourself, who do you want to be? Do you you need to work on your business and make more money for your family? Do you need to uh, work on your health and wellness so you can have fitness to actually uh, be with your family or attract a mate? Maybe that you want that dream of of being married and having children, et cetera, et cetera. So we're always using that uh, reflection back in the mirror and never playing the victim because that's the trap. Mm, I love it. I love your words. I love your wisdom. And I love the way you pontificate on this idea of sharing this knowledge about flipping the coin. I mean, the moment you said that, I got this energy that this word came through spirit right down to me and it was dancing in between duality and literally learning that duality doesn't have to be create chaos for you it actually can one side of the coin is balancing the other side of the coin and you're in the center and it's funny because in shamanism when we're training in shamanism the first thing we learn as kids is our relationship with everything our food our nature our parents our ancestors and everything but also how to live in the center of life and death and utilize those magnetic fields to use to be able to bring uh you know, to move energy or to, you know, to access a different dimension or any of these different things. And what you're basically saying is so beautiful because a lot of people don't think like that, Troy. A lot of people don't go into the idea that, wow, I'm doing like yoga so much, or I'm doing so many ayahuasca ceremonies. Maybe it's time for me to actually just put a pause Mm -hmm. and do something on the other side of what you say the yin and the, and the yang is. And that's, that is absolutely genius. I love that. That is so beautiful. And I'm so happy that you shared that. And I'm really going to meditate on that later. And I, I invite all of the tribal members who are listening from all over the world, wherever you are in Sudan and Kuwait and Kazakhstan and London and England and, you know, I mean, in England and, you know, Italy and Spain and all over tribal members. I really want you to take what he just said, because that was like literally diamond, right? And really take that in of this yin and yang, because imbalance is the leading cause to to health breakdown inflammation and disease so i just i just love that that just hit me really strong and i know why it hit me strong because uh sometimes i can be a bit extreme in one area and when you said that it was just like you know it was just this resounding yes. So I just want to thank you for sharing that beautiful wisdom. So you, you, know, you brought up a good point about ayahuasca. Thank, thank you, Shaman. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, but you brought up an important 
point of ayahuasca, and that could be the same, you know, we could say the same thing with balance with that. If you're doing it a little too much, maybe it's time to integrate. Ayahuasca is only 50% of the work. Mm. So if we keep going back there and, you know, we're, we're not integrating the wisdom that has already been given to us. Mm-hmm. Why do you think people feel the need to, um, to go on the ayahuasca train over and over and over and over again um, on, you know, cause I, I mean, I'm here in LA, you know, and I travel, you know, but right now I'm based here in LA. I moved here back from London and, you know, even, even I just constantly come across people who are like, I'm doing ayahuasca this week and I'm doing ayahuasca next week and I'm doing ayahuasca the week after. Why do you think that is, what is your thoughts on that? Well, I think it comes back again to the whole externalizing, you know, thinking that you're going to fill your cup from the external. And look, ayahuasca is an extremely powerful tool. It's, 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 you go drink from the cup of enlightenment and then to think that that external tool is the enlightenment. But actually, it's only activating the light within inside of you. And if you give it a little bit of time to settle, you can flip on those lights and then you can be that wellspring of light for yourself. And I think it just comes down again to the culture, the brain virus in the culture, uh, that something ex- outside of yourself, something external is actually going to save you. But the fact of the matter is, is, is everything that you need, all knowledge is knowledge of self. There's nothing new under the sun. Same thing with my videos and, and the book that I wrote and everything. You know, Nothing's new under the sun. I'm not trying to package it or anything. It's just... All knowledge is knowledge of self. Yeah, I call it remembrance. But, you know, it's interesting what you said about the ayahuasca. And I want to ask you a question on this because I've seen a lot of people take ayahuasca. And, you know, you just said like ayahuasca is this, you know, enlightenment in a cup. But is it really? Because I've seen people take ayahuasca and they come back more negative, more nasty, more like opinionated and judgmental towards life and people instead of being a person who's loving and accepting and opening and expansive and amplifying love into the world through the nature of their childlike self, which is their creator, which is God or or source, however people want to interpret it. I mean, do you you really believe that that the ayahuasca is is divinity, or do you, what? What are your what are your thoughts about what I just said? Well, I think ayahuasca is the almost drinking the sum total of the all. Right, you're going to go in through the mineral kingdom, the plant kingdom, uh, all the way into the astral planes. Just taking one cup of nature deep inside. Um, inside your body. You know, it's got a purgative effect. It's going to cleanse the liver, the gallbladder, the intestines. But more importantly, it's going to go through the nervous system uh, where we hold our beliefs. So, you know, it's, it's, it's an incredible uh, tool for awakening. And I think it's, it, it is a bit of a trap to think that something externally, you know, that's going to solve all your problems. But what I see here in the Western world, and I, I was fortunate, and it's not that good ceremonies and good shaman are not doing uh, good work inside the city centers. But my mentor, the great gringo shaman down in, in, uh, in, in the Amazon, Scott Peterson, you know, he said, if you want to do a miraculous ceremony, come down to the Amazon. These plants are jealous. They're regional. And so I had the good fortune of doing the majority of my work down there. And I'm the type of person where I go down there and then I don't come back for six, seven, eight years. And then I'm forced to integrate it without drinking it. And I think the trap is just to go up in a mansion in the Hollywood Hills or go out to Malibu, you know, drink the medicine and then 
think that that's what the experience is. When you travel into the jungle and you realize you're not top of the food chain, uh, and then you have to really sit with yourself for days on end, your body's flooded with the oxygen. You've got the uh, the indigenous shaman that are usually there. Not that they don't come up here as well, but I think I've seen more. You know, it's more of a surface element here. And so, and again, not that that can't serve some purpose sometimes, but what I tell my clients and when I work with people, the invitation is always to go deeper. So, and when it comes to ayahuasca, once you get the phone call, you hang up the, the, the phone, right? You got the message. Now you do something with the message. So you feel that people... Uh, need to take the message instead of sitting on it like a penguin that sits on an egg, you're saying that they need to actually take action in life. Yes. So, um, yeah, not need, for example, you know, you're, you're going to go through your, your journey and your path. However, it might be, you know, a more optimal choice uh, to help you. You know, I just like to make that distinction with the with the old uh, linguistics. Um, well, if we're going to talk linguistic, we understand that, yeah, there is the linguistics of choosing to do something. But I mean, if we look at our culture, like what Martin Luther King said, which is that the reason why our culture suffers is because of the fact that we choose not to take action. And when we've been given this opportunity to live a life where we can actually impact and make a difference. So when I say need, I'm speaking like it is an emergency on our planet for people to actually begin to take action instead of sitting sedentary and watching the leaves blow by, you know, and there is, uh, what I call, uh, what we call an insurgence of spirit coming through and, and asking people to really step up like it was in the 60s and 70s, where it became much more sitting back in the 80s and 90s. And, you know, in 2000, where everyone's just sitting back and going, who's going to fix this problem for us versus them realizing that they're the superhero that is able to bring wisdom, intelligence, knowledge, technology, and all of these things to the forefront, like our forefathers of Einstein and Martin Luther King and, you know, Gandhi and you name it. So, so when I say need, I'm actually emphatically using the word need for the purpose of like it, human beings need to actually take action where we did take action before if we're actually going to see a revolution of insurgents and change on our planet. That's why coronavirus is where it is today, because human beings have been putting their, their desires and needs into uh, you know, profit and need for more power based on materialism and things that really are not a need, but more of a want. Yes. You know, and the true need is for us to take action as a species and shift the matrix to a place where we are operating in amplifying love, connection, harmony, balance, understanding, acceptance, you know, freedom, not freedom because you can take a vacation to Bali and go and hang out in Ubud, but freedom of liberation of the human spirit. No more labels, no more conditions, no more this is what a man is, or this is what a woman is, and this is what this is, and this is what that is, but really start to understand spirit as a definition of, of human um, thriving. So that's what I mean. Yeah, and and absolutely. And you know, I, I just for fear of being 
call it a zealot. You know, I don't want to force and shove things down people's throats, but yeah, all are called, you know, and that's why I crack so many jokes on my videos and really try and be as light as possible. Cause yeah, there's a huge need to transform this, you know, the planet. We're trashing the planet, the air, the water, and the soil. Has yeah, been let's talk on it. You know what I mean? This is ancient wisdom today. This isn't like, let's pet the pooch, uh, you know, share where everyone is, is, is walking on eggshells. On ancient wisdom today, you can say whatever you need to say because people who are listening, who are part of this tribe, have been so, um, what you might call it, uh, in this journey um, of ancient wisdom today that they know that anyone who comes on ancient wisdom today isn't going to bullshit them and sugarcoat things and make them feel comfortable. They want to get their feathers ruffled. They want to hear the truth because this is what we need right now. Like we were not into this new age, pet the pooch, make everyone comfortable. Don't upset anyone. No, we're like, we're here. We're feather rufflers. We're, we are loving in, 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 you know, interpretations of, you know, interference that is here to, to shake up things. That's how you create a revolution and we're revolutionists. So yeah, please like, you know, say what you need to say, brother on, on, in, in this, because everyone around the world who's listening right now is that's what they, that's what they need from you. Yeah. So all are called and we're going through the transformation of human consciousness. I've been talking about this for a long time. I studied the Mayan temples and, and, and studied the Hopi prophecy and the Eagle and the Condor prophecy and walked the Incan temples and really tried my best to understand consciousness uh, for the last 20 years uh, in, 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 in my own journey. And this is a time of great awakening. Uh, and all are called. Not everyone will heed the call. And so, you know, people in my lectures, in my workshops and retreats, people are like, yeah, but that'll never happen in my lifetime. And I worked in the Amazon. So I saw that oil exploration was the you know, number one deforestation component. You know, the act of pumping gasoline into your vehicle is an act of genocide. And so I was like, all right, well, how do we, money and oil are holding us back. Oil's pegged to the petrodollar. The, the oil wars and the proxy wars to get the natural resources out of the ground are manipulated through you know, the, the, the entities that have latched themselves onto the American uh, po political structure, which then usurped the uh, military industrial complex of the United States uh, military. And so, okay, the world is like that. So yeah, we're all called and we're not heeding the call. And yes, how is the quantum leap in human consciousness going to happen? I didn't know how it was going to happen either, but I knew it was going to happen. I could taste it. Moving through 2012, I, I, I could taste it. People are like, oh, the Mayan calendar came and went and nothing happened. But I felt that was a portable <laughs> portal that we were going through. We're still yep. going through. Yep. Uh, it, it's palatable. I could taste it. And then 2020 came on board. And I was like, hold on, wait a second. Okay, I know it's coming. And, and this 2020 was inner vision, uh, clarity clarity of inner vision, sight, right? 2020. I was like, this is it. I could feel it. 20, I, we came in January. You know, I, I didn't know how it was going to roll out. February, I didn't know how it was going to roll out. Boom, March, bamo, kablamo. Next thing you know, the whole world is shut down. We're all sitting in our homes. We're taking better care of ourselves. We're paying attention to our immune system. The economy, our way of making money, the thing that was kind of our religion, was this economy for years, has now been brought to its knees. Ooh, now we got to pay attention to something else. So again, all are called. Not all will heed the call. A lot of people want to just get back to business as usual. Business, guys, will never be the same. I'm looking across the street, the gas station, it's 299 
It hasn't been two ninety nine in California in ten years. Mm. And and yesterday it went down to two seventy four. That's a quarter in one day. <laughs> like the the world is changing. If you look at the oil, they they're actually paying people to store oil right now. So they so it went it went to minus below zero, and so in a very very short amount of time. So if that can happen in a quantum leap, what else is possible? And so I believe that we're going through our ascension process. You're now gifted the time to rest, the time to sleep in, the time to just lounge around and, and be in sweats and be in shorts all day long and, and then go within. You have plenty of time to meditate now. You have plenty of time to, to, to nourish your body. Watch the um, uh, YouTube channels of people that have what you want. Listen to the backdated stuff from Shaman Durek and, and, and what he's been saying for, for, for many years. You now have the time and the wherewithal to go within, to take care of yourself. A lot of people I know, they have thyroid disease and thyroid problems. Thyroid regulates the metabolism. That's the intelligence of the human body going, hey, you're way too stressed out. Oh, you don't want to listen to me? No problem. How about we gain 40, 50 pounds and then you got to sit in bed or you don't have the energy. That's called the thyroid problem. Maybe you need three, three months in bed just to restore that stressed out energy. Take the time for yourself right now to go within and to ask yourself the deeper and the bigger questions. Again, getting naked literally and figuratively in front of that mirror and then going after what's your purpose? What's your dream? What's your legacy? That's the first step in health because when you have a dream big enough, there's no, you don't need a crisis. Right? So figure out your purpose, figure out your dream. If you don't know what that is, I've got very simple exercises in the book. You know, write your tombstone, write your eulogy, figure out you become the author, you become the authority of your life. Don't sit and wait for the White House briefings and Dr. Fauci to tell you what your, what your future is. Peace on earth is coming to the planet earth. That's what's happening. Not the Bill Gates, not the, not the uh, forced vaccinations and the military state and the UN and the one world government, the one world religion. Peace on earth is coming here to reign supreme. Why? Because I say so. Look at the study of alchemy and Neoplatonic philosophy and what all the greats knew. You Through thought, word, action, you can manifest in the flesh. Whatever the mind can envision, uh, whatever you can conceive and believe you can achieve. Where there's no vision, the people will perish. So take the time to figure out your purpose, your dream, your legacy. Your purpose is directly aligned with what you love to do. Joseph Campbell said, follow your bliss. What is it that you love to do? What did you love to do as a, as, as, as a child? Did you like to plant food? Did you like to grow food? Did you like to take care of children? Did you like to uh, ride bicycles, ride horses, climb mountains, swim? What did you love to do? You know, the number one feared element in, uh, in uh, human civilization is public speaking. I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. So each and every one of us has our unique gifts. I'm calling forth the gift economy as a major solution. I have four solutions and I'm running for president of planet Earth in 2020 here. So my four solutions are free energy. Tesla technology was already on the 80s. They were into cold fusion. John Harrison already melted steel uh, at room temperature. So free energy, the gift economy where brothers and sisters give 
uh, from their heart's desire, what the, what they already innately have, their natural gifts. The Zulus in Africa call it uh, Ubuntu or contributionism. Mm-hmm. And so, and then self-care education as a baseline, instead of learning all this mathematics and stuff, which is good for lifting up the mind and, and, and advancing the intellect. But the fact of the matter is if you don't know how to take care of your biology, physiology, psychology, then what use are you to your actual tribe, to your society? If you don't, if it, it, otherwise you become a burden. And then finally, permaculture. Food is free when we drop a seed into the ground and we nourish the, uh, the land around it. We can plant food forests and there's only four human needs and that's food, water, shelter, and fire. Fire is represented through technology. We make technology our whipping boy instead of the other way around. And those are my solutions you know, for the planet. Mm. Okay, tribe. This is Troy Casey when he realizes that he can say whatever the hell he wants to say. This is the <laughs> geniusness of Troy. What we were dealing with before was Troy restraint. This is Troy out of restraint. This is where your power lies, brother, in that speak. You see, yeah, because maybe. right, because that's when that's when you get the turn on. That's the turn on right there. That's what that's what that that's what's sexy, right? Is when you're able to let go of those restraints about if I'm going to affect someone or someone gonna be upset with me or whatever. But I gotta say what I gotta say. That's that's what Martin Luther King had to do when his own brothers were telling him, brother man, you know, you know white people are gonna let us sit down with them and eat with them and so forth. This dream of yours, it's just a you know, it's a little too much, right? That's where he had to dig his heels in. It was like, no. So this is what I like to see come out of you. I just feel so lit right now because the power of your words and your passion just came through to all the people around the world right now. And everyone who's listening right now is lit off of what you just said. Yeah, baby. I love it. I mean, that's it right there. So, you know, like, (laughs) so like, like, yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about this coronavirus, shall we? Yeah. Like, what do you feel right now is the thing that you see that people are being uh, jackasses on when it comes to the coronavirus? Well, there's many, many things at play here. You know, you've got you've got the deep state that are trying to usher in the the UN 2030 and the UN Agenda 21. They wanted the world one world government. The the UN was was uh, uh, created by the Rockefellers, the Rockefeller Foundation. If you know anything about John D. Rockefeller, he created monopolies around him so nobody could mess with his business. Uh, and so uh, even though we have monopoly laws, but they started the American Medical Association, which is intertwined with vaccines, which is intertwined with pharmaceutical companies, which is intertwined with chemical companies, which is uh, intertwined with uh, chemical companies masquerading as a- agribusiness companies. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and then these so, same multinational conglomerates own the media. They also own uh, the weapons manufacturing companies. So those five main components are what is uh, creating everything in lockdown. The WHO is an arm of the UN. 
you know, Bill Gates is intertwined with them. They're really trying to make their move. And what hap- what's happening is, is consciousness is opening up. Now, is it manufactured? I've seen patents from 2004, 2014, 2017 on the coronavirus. So is it man-made? Is it patented? You know, there's a lot of things. It's, it's almost like talking about aliens and stuff like that or flat earth. You know, anything's possible. We live in a free will universe and anything's possible. What's worth my time? What's valid to stick my attention to? Is there aliens? Great. Yeah, there probably is. Is flat earth or round earth? I, you know, I, I don't know. The possibilities, if you look at all possibilities, they're both. How about that? And so but how much energy and time do I have to stick into that? Ultimately, I have to pay attention to the environment around me because the environment sustains me, the air, the water, and the soil. And right now, those three things are threatened. And in a span of Two weeks, three weeks. Within two weeks, Los Angeles was the cleanest it's ever been. We went from the top five dirtiest cities in the world to the top five cleanest cities in the world within the span of two weeks. So if that's possible, what else is possible? My clarion call is to get humanity to wrap their head around the air, water, and soil, and then build structure, build uh, systems that are aligned with biomimicry, which states Life creates conditions conducive for life. Greg, Greg Braden talks about this being uh, instead of uh, uh, competition, it's cooperation, uh, contributionism, as Michael Tellinger talks about in the Ubuntu movement. And so this is where we're headed, uh, is, is, is working together uh, as a global tribe because we're already connected, right? The internet connects us. We don't have to agree on every little last uh, ideology. But if we can come to agreement on the fundamental principles that make life hospitable, air, water, and soil, then we can build systems around the all that support us. And so my, my mission on the planet is to raise human consciousness and change all systems. My vision is clean air, water, soil, and equitable systems for all mankind in my lifetime. If you don't know what an equitable system is, I've got a one-way ticket to Syria, Libya, Iraq, Darfur, Sudan, or any other place that had coveted natural resources on this planet. So we've got to create systems that are beneficial for the all. The homeless problem that we have here in Venice Beach, outside of uh, the Google matrix down here uh, in Venice, that's not somebody else's problem. That's all of our problems. And we, we as, a, as a species, need to solve our problems because we are all one or none. That is my religion. We are all connected. We are all in symbiotic relationship with each other. We're in symbiotic relationship with the earth. And so it's up to us. It's up to us to solve our problems, not anybody else. And so the Bill Gates, the Dr. Fauci's, the, the, all the problems that we see, the Rockefellers, the, the American Medical Association, the, the idea around forced vaccination mandates against the Nuremberg Code, et cetera, all these things, it's up to us to make those changes. We're not victims. Nobody else is going to change it for us. We're going to change it by calling forth first and foremost. That's why I call forth for peace, and, uh, uh, peace on earth. Peace on earth is what we all desire. We have everything that we need on this planet. God did not forsake us. We forsake God. God gave us an immune system. Our immune system is natural protector against anything. And one thing that you have to realize, we have to realize at, at, 
at the apex is death is a part of life. And when you realize that, you could face it even deeper and you realize that there is no death. It's just a transformation of consciousness from one dimension into the next. So when, once you wake up to that, you're impervious to anything. And you can go out there just like Crazy Horse, walking through any battle unscathed. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. You know, and I, and I tell people all the time that a lot of this whole idea of waiting on other people to fix it and, and, and figure it out and people who are out there right now being like, oh, you know, we're just going to go back to our lives. Like this girl told me the other day that you know, she's waiting for, uh, she's waiting for her you know, chance to go back to life and things are going to be over and return to normal within a month and all this type of stuff. And I said, darling, there is no normal. And what you think is actually normal is a bunch of bullshit. Because at the end of the day, your idea of normal is you being like, hi, how are you? How is your kids? Oh, um, how's everything? Oh, you know, it's so good to see you at the country club. Oh, what are you doing? Oh, we're going to the Soho house. Oh, thank you. Oh, how beautiful. How's your day today? Okay, wonderful. When I get up in the morning, I scream on the top of my lungs in my pillow. When I go to bed at, excuse me, when I go to bed at night, I scream at top of my lungs into my pillow. And then I go to sleep. And I do this exercise all the time. But to me, it's not an exercise in the sense of exercise. When I say it's an exercise, meaning for me, it allows me to be able to handle the bullshit in this world. Yeah. You know, because everyone likes to think that normal is you pretending that everything's okay, but that's not mm-hmm. normal. I think actually being crazy is actually the real normal. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hence why I call myself the certified health nut. I, 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 you know what? And that's what I was waiting. Yeah, exactly. I love that. But I, you know, and I love you. I love, I love the way you show up. I love your, your style. I love the, your, your flair. I love the sexiness you give. I love the nurturing you give. It's, it's beautiful to see in, in, in community. And it's so nice to hear you speak on these things because when I go and listen to other people's podcasts and, you know, and, 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 and no, no harm done, love to everyone and what they're doing. But there's a lot of sugarcoating that people do to people please the masses. And whereas here in ancient wisdom, you know, the reason why we've expanded so big in such a short amount of time is because tribal members are finding their tribe of truth, which is we don't have time to people please. Like the people pleasing is is played. It's over, right? So I want to ask you, because right now, one of the things that I've been noticing, you know, going out in the world and speaking and doing lectures and so forth, what is up with men right now? What is, because this is, you know, this is Men's Health Month and you are, um, you know, uh, being brought into studio today for Men's Health Month because we chose you to be the opening for Men's Health Month. And, you know, what is it, what's what's going on with men? What, What, why aren't men getting in alignment or do you see them getting in alignment? Like, what do you see? I, I, I want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. So <laughs> we're going to take out all the people pleasing elements right now. So yeah, this is the pussification of, 
you know, that masculine energy. We, we, we have testosterone for, for, for a reason. There's, you know, and we have masculine and feminine energy in both, inside of both of us. That's it's why it's important to, you know, integrate both sides, integrate your shadow. Don't deny any part of yourself. But yeah, it's been the pussification of humanity, basically. And, and just being okay with all this dysfunction, being okay with putting chemicals in the air, the water, and the soil. When historically, it's been the man, the man's job, man's role in the tribal structure is to know what's on the horizon to eat and what's on the horizon that could potentially eat us or penetrate the perimeter and harm the family or ultimately the feminine, right? The women and the children. And so we're being conditioned that really that, you know, the watering down of the masculine and feminine roles, we're being conditioned to uh, extinguish that testosterone, that that masculine rage inside of us, yet it's useful. It serves a purpose. And I'm here to tell you, if you bury that type of energy, it's only going to fester somewhere else, or it's going to come out as dysfunction, no different from the Catholic church squashing that sexual energy that it comes out in, you know, pedophilia. So Look, let's face facts. Feminism was instituted by the CIA and worked with Gloria Steinem to get everyone to burn their bra in 1973. This is all in her book. And the fact of the matter is, my mother, she didn't even work till 1979. My father bought a house with $18,000 at a, at a union-type job. He worked at a newspaper. $18,000. He bought a house. You could actually have, you could actually live and function in society. Two people didn't need to work and run on that hamster wheel. And let me tell you, since feminism came in and everybody burned their bra and men can, men, men can make their own sandwiches, men can make their own food, etc. Let me ask you a question. What happened to the food supply? I'm not looking for blame or, or playing a victim or anything, but look what happened to the food supply. Who are the natural nurturers of the family? How do I know this? I played Mr. Mom. I, I know what it takes to be uh, a mother to the children. And let me tell you, hormonally, it ruined me. It broke me. I couldn't do what my wife uh, could do, number one. Number two, when I was done nurturing them throughout the day and she came home from work, they had to, they, they wanted her. They didn't want me. There's a natural element that the female, that the, the, the feminine brings in, that the masculine, I couldn't, I couldn't fill that void. So back to my point, the feminism came in. What did they want? What did the CIA want to do? The controllers, the people that are running the banking and, and, and running the way of the world, the corporations, et cetera, they wanted two people to pay into this tax structure. Aaron Russo uh, talked about this in his book, From Freedom to F uh, Fascism, just before he died. And so, so the fact of the matter is now two people are entered into to the, uh, the tax structure. Both people are working their butts off. They're running on the hamster wheel. They keep playing with that money. Again, no one's free until we're all free. If we're all paying into this debt slave system, this crony capitalism, fiat currency, fake paper money, uh, uh, scheme that we've all played on ourselves because ultimately this is just God playing God, right? This is the the big cosmic joke, as they say in the Vedic scriptures. That's this right. Is just, this is just all of our programming for our own awakening. I like I liken it to the 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 concrete and the shoot of grass that 
that goes through the concrete. How do you wake up a human being? Well, you oppress the shit out of them. And so that's what's happening right now. We are awakening to this. So this whole thing of feminism and how we've gotten apart from it and then just watered everything down where everything's okay. And I'm look, I'm all for, you know, you want to express yourself as a human being? I don't care. What is the highest level of law on this planet is universal law. And that is do no harm. As long as you're doing no harm, you're free to travel. I believe in a world without prisons, with a world without passports, a world beyond uh, borders, etc. We're just simply not there right now. But moving forward, we want to come back to our natural masculine feminine roles and also harness those natural masculine and feminine energies with inside of uh, ourselves. A, a lot of my role as a man has been able to, you know, master that own nourishment, that own nurturing with inside of myself so I can be a whole person. So I go out there and present people. That's what I put in my book, The Nine Pillars of Health, that nourishing, that nurturing element inside of myself. Maybe I didn't have growing up on the street as a kid. You know, I didn't have that feminine nurturing. So I got to learn. I got to learn. I get to learn that. Uh, again, we're not playing the victims. At, at, at all. We're taking responsibility for everything that's, that's in our lives. But if you look at what's really happening, I see it's the pussification uh, of the planet and, and, uh, and being okay with this dysfunction. So they've annihilated, they've, they've castrated, we've castrated ourselves so that we don't fight these oppressive elements. But the great thing Which is I, I you can't that. extinguish it. I get that, but I want to add, I'm going to add to that. Okay. Because I get that, but see, I'm a masculine feminine spirit, right? And when, and, and for me, what I've learned about, uh, because I, you know, I started working in a battered women's shelter when I was really young. And when I started working in the batters women's shelter, it was really interesting for me to, to step into that role as a man, because I grew up with a father who was very African, who was very, you know, Haitian African, very strong. Men don't cry. If you cry, I'll give you something to cry about. I had to play sports. I had to be good at everything that I did. You know, if I ever even started just showing any form of emotion, like my dad would freak out. So I learned to stuff those emotions in and I used to punch holes in walls, ride my skateboard, listen to Metallica, tell everyone to go fuck off while I'm even going into my family's roots and shamanism and like questioning my dad's like his whole masculinity role of like, you know, be the man, you put the bread on the table, you know, you tell women what's up, they're supposed to take care of the kids and do this in the house and all this kind of stuff. And, the, and, I, and finally, I got to a place where I had this amazing girlfriend named Swan and other girlfriends who came in and was like going, studying psychology and going and getting ready to go to college, to become these psychotherapists and all this stuff. And they started breaking my shit down and going like, wait a second, yo, like you do, you are looking at it from this perspective that your father's looking at it, but what your father is lacking is emotional intelligence. And so when I started working in the battered shelter, when I was going through that relationship, I remember going in and looking at these women who had gotten, you know, their ribs broken in and their arms broken and like punched in the eye and all these horrible things that I saw. And I just didn't really know what to say to them because I didn't feel like I had a place to say anything to them because I'm not them. So I just said nothing. I just sat in the room and said nothing and just held love for them. And then all of a sudden the women started talking to each other and started, you know, uh, working out their issues and I just was holding space. And one woman came up to me, this one woman, this black woman, 
who was living in the streets in, uh, in Hunters Point, had a very difficult relationship because she was on the streets because her husband uh, was constantly beating her. So she was afraid to go home. And so she was like, you know, she ended up becoming homeless. And she said to me, I really love how you hold space for us women. And that has helped us so much be able to see ourselves. And when I, I, and I was sharing that with my girlfriend at the time, and she goes, honey, that's emotional intelligence. That's what's lacking for men is that they don't understand emotional intelligence. So in tribal culture, for instance, women have overdeveloped amygdalas. So animals in nature can sense when there's danger before danger even starts. That's why a woman can walk into a room and see her child walking a certain way. She's already mapped out every possible horrible thing that could ever happen because she always sees the horrible thing happening first because she's the alert system to save the child. So animals in nature are the same way. And so in tribal culture, whenever a tribe migrates to a different location or area, the shaman or the elders go to the women and ask them where they should migrate because they know they can sense where the things they need to be able to bring life on this planet, to be able to flourish the children and flourish the, the, uh, the ability to bring you know, birth in a way that protects them from predators and how they can supply. And then they tell the men, this is what we need in order to, to continue growing this tribe. And so the men take that knowledge and then they go and they hunt or sometimes in some cultures and some tribes, the women will hunt. But the point I'm saying is in modern society, men have not listened to the wisdom that women have, which is this quantum reality, Was men don't have a quantum reality when they look at things. They look at things very linear. I did these tests for up to five years of how men perceive the world and how women perceive the world. And when I would take men and do these, these tests, men always did the same thing. They always would focus on what they're doing, who they were talking to and what's happening and how and, and what's the next steps that lead them where they go. Whereas a woman would walk into a situation and before even talking to the person, she has figured out what the person needs, what's missing from their life, where the exits are, where the emergency things are, what is the layout of the place, what are the colors on the wall, what is the people around them doing, and so much before she even looks at her own needs in the situation. So you know, and, and, and I hear what you're saying because I have a lot of male friends and I'm like, dude, your balls are missing. Your balls are missing. That's why you have problems right now because you, you let your wife castrate your balls. And I tell women too, stop cutting off your man's balls, you know, because you're not letting him show up. Like with my girlfriend, she is, she is the goddess and she recognizes me in who my role and I recognize her in her role. And there's no, there's no competition. We don't, argue and yell at each other because I look at my triggers, she looks at her triggers and we take responsibility. And that's why we have this beautiful relationship. But I see people go in relationships where they bicker and they argue and they do all these things because when we talk about money, like men with money, I don't trust men with money because I feel that men with money are still operating without emotional intelligence. So they're like kids. When I used to, when I used to teach gymnastics to kids, I used to watch like the boys and I would, parents would ask me to babysit their young boys and I would sit and watch them. And they always wanted to do something where it was like competition or wrestling or let's battle each other. And, and without emotional intelligence and the awareness that that level of chaos does not create amplification of love, does not create an all-inclusive experience. It actually segregates and separates. How can I trust 
the governments who are putting the money in the hands of men who don't have that emotional intelligence to be able to do the, the right thing based on the fact that they don't see things quantumly. That's why if you notice in my, um, in my the stuff that I do with Shaman Dirk and the team that I have around me, they're all women. And I have one guy, Sam, but he's, he has a feminine nature and he's masculine. So it, it balances out. But everyone around me is women because I always go to them. What's your counsel? What's your counsel? What's your counsel? And they say, you know, I see this thing happening. I see this energy here when I walk in the room. We go into an event and they give me a list of all the people I'm going to be talking to, who, what they do, all this stuff. And they can tell me, this person didn't like you. This person had this issue with you. This person had this with you. This person is talking behind your back. I don't see all those things. But they do because that's what they're, that's how they were built. And so my thing is like, I hear what you're saying and not just adding to what you're saying, but it's like, yes, I agree with the understanding of men having their role and we don't want to push it. We don't want to, what do you call it? Pussification. Pussification. I like that. Pussification, right? But at the same time, our evolution is dependent upon the idea because like what we say in shamanism is that if you want to see the state of the world, look at what women are feeling. And if you want to know what's going on with women, look at nature and what nature is going through because they are, they're both connected by the energy of Lilith and this connection of resurgence of life. The whole thing is life, life, resurge, resurge, life, life. Whereas men are more like, you know, impact, um, in, you know, we inseminate, 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 inseminate their seed. So, how do we, so as a collective, yeah. go ahead. How do we, well, as a collective, as men, get to a place where we start emotional, having emotional intelligence? Yeah. So let's bring this conversation all the way back because I'm sure I said plenty of triggering things, and I don't want to get the conversation itself too out of balance. Let's bring this conversation back to balance. That's what's truly required. And so. Um, so I believe, you know, how did it get out of balance? Well, I do believe trying to stick our square peg in a, in a round hole and chasing paper. Maybe people aren't good at science or math and maybe people hate working at a factory job or a desk or a menial job like McDonald's, et cetera, et cetera. When the paper structure that, that's set up, and again, no victims, but maybe there's just too many human beings that have disconnected from their own divinity because they hate the life that they're living trying to chase this paper, right? We, 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 this is what we've created instead of, instead of our, you know, our, our, our hunter gatherer, you know, or even the feudal uh, elements. And so we are waking up in my humble opinion to our divinity. We're reclaiming our divinity, which is the balance of the masculine and feminine. I, I, you know, put the, the feminine more in perspective, I, I do believe that the Constitution of the United States of America is a sacred document. It was co-opted from the Iroquois Confederacy. And the only thing that was left out of the Iroquois Confederacy was that the women were allowed to change the men in power as they saw fit. And we've gotten so far out of balance again about you know this whole element of chasing paper and we've subjugated our own intuition, which is a feminine aspect. Obviously the, the, the women, they have that uh, a little bit more, but we all have these psychic abilities uh, inside of our, our, ourselves. And so, 
you know, you know, my clarion call is out to people reclaim their divinity, ultimately reclaiming their gut microbiome, reclaiming that nourishment, that nurturing element of the feminine, and making sure that we're nourishing our soul with the purpose, dream, and legacy that we're aligned with, nourishing our, our gut and our loins and our and our physical structure with high quality food, high quality water, etc. You know, nourishing ourselves uh, with the sleep, with the proper movement uh, that is beneficial for our body to clean itself and also lift up our immune system by mobilizing those lymphocytes. And so it all comes back to balance of the yin yang energies, those two forces that are naturally guiding us, not is men or females, you know, better than the other. Toxic masculinity, that's just an asshole, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. <laughs> that's that's defined as an asshole, and we all have our inner asshole in us, right? Inclu- exactly, inclu- including me. It's just that my inner asshole is is driven by testosterone, and it's going to come out as a very forceful nature. That doesn't mean that the inner uh, feminine asshole doesn't have to be, you know, uh, uh, is an element of cold and 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 withdrawing love, which can be just as painful you know, uh, as an abusive structure, you know, as something is is forceful. And I'm not saying anything's better or worse or good or bad. I'm just saying, let's get back to balance. Let's check in with our own shadow, seeing where our own shadow is, not sweeping it under the rug, but uh, uh, incorporating integrating the shadow, which is the use of ayahuasca and these other powerful psychedelics. And so that we become a whole human being and we can go out and present and we're balanced um, with ourselves out into society, into the tribal structure, into our families and balanced whole for ourselves, self-love. Yeah. You know, and I don't, don't worry. I don't take anything to trigger. I like to add things on so that the conversation gets juicy because the tribe knows that it's like we, we we have to talk about many things because it's important for people to see different views. So that way it, it grows out. I never get offended by anything, Troy. So you can always just be comfortable with that. And uh, let me and let me just say that, you know, even even with your masculine, you know, African father, what kind of character that did that build inside of you? I look, I got left on the side of the road by my real father, right? On the side of the road with all my belongings, crying tears out of my head. You know, that built me into the human being that I am today. I'm so grateful that that guy was an asshole and out of balance at that one time because what did it do? My curse was my gift. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that helps me be more compassionate, understanding, keeping my own shadow in check. Where am I, bec- where am I being that guy pointing and pointing the finger outside of myself? You know, when, when, I, when, when I'm that type of father to my kids, you know, keeping all that stuff in check, that was a gift to me. That level of toxic masculinity, if you will, just gave me fodder to become a better human being. And ultimately, you know, it built my character that I, Hey, I don't want to be that asshole. And I have, dude, my whole work in, in ripped at 50, a journey to self-love is so that I don't become an asshole. I'm just sharing the techniques that I've discovered studying with indigenous people, esoteric knowledge and basic fundamental holistic health principles. So, so that, so that I could be a whole happy person and be Mr. Positive on the internet. And sit because I could be an asshole just like anybody else. Right. Exactly. No. And that's why like, you know, and I talk about that in the book that I wrote is that 
you know, my father was my, was my opportunity to turn everything into diamonds and gems and rubies. And, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have that toxic masculine father, you know, being who he is, because it made me dig deeper into love and it made me dig deeper into compassion. And it made me dig deeper into realizing that the way my father ran everything was always through power and money because he was a multimillionaire. He always looked at money as a precursor to solving every problem in our household. So whenever someone right. was upset about something, go shopping. When everyone had a problem, I bought you a new car. When everything, when he did something that was so horrendous, it was like, call your friends over. Let's go on a shopping spree. It was never like, let's talk about how dysfunctional this was. So I learned in life not to be so glamorized by material and be more focused on relationship and connection. Like dad never took me to my Boy Scouts. He hired someone to come with, to be there for him. So I remember there was always this man in a checkered shirt and I would play baseball and I, you know, and I, he would wave to me and he'd be like, oh, your father brought, you know, all the juices and all the stuff for the snacks for the team. When I was in Boy Scouts, it was like, you know, we had a father and son bake a cake day. And it was like, he, he hired his baker to bake the cake for me. And all the kids, all the other kids laughed and the parents laughed at me like that. Your dad and you didn't make that. But it was like, he phoned it in. He externalized it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So like, so when I'm with my girlfriend and she has three girls, you know, for me, I'm always like, let me be hands-on. I am hands-on with my family. I'm hands-on with my friends. I'm about relationships. I'm about taking people off the street and giving people who don't have, uh, you know, something to help them to, to aspire to their greatness. So I, it, it, his behaviors shaped me to be more of who I am today as a lover of people in life. And, and like I always say, my greatest gift in life, you know, is to serve more so than anything that, I mean, if people who could say, well, you have two choices in life, you either serve or you have millions and millions of dollars and you have to only choose one and you have to be with that one thing, I would choose to serve because to me, to see someone's face light up, to know that they are being able to see their truth or you hold space for them to see their beauty, their strength is like, it literally speaks like everything that everything temporal on this, on this world, it speaks greater than all those things. And so I get you hundred percent. And I'm glad that you actually brought that, that up because everyone who's listening right now, you know, with the like, I grew up in a bad situation with my mom and my dad, or I was abused as a child or any of that means you're colorful. Yeah. Yes. Amala Ashe. Exactly. And so I'm glad that you said that because people need to hear that because people love to be hurt collectors. They love to, to keep putting the story on the pain and using the pain as an excuse for not mm -hmm. being who they are, which is so mm -hmm. unfortunate, but you know, and that's why I'm glad you're speaking on that. So, you know, with, with everything that's going on right now, what would you say to people right now for them to be able to, you know, what tips would you give them for them to be able to get into that space of really understanding how to stay in a healthy place with them. Like, cause you know, like when people look at you, they're just like, wow, look at this guy. You know, he's, he's handsome. He's got an amazing body. He's got amazing kids. He's got amazing relation. He's got, you know, you, you, I mean, you, your, your picture, pa your picture, uh, picture package is really nice. 
right? And so it's like people to see that, right? And people say, you know, I want to feel healthy like that. I want to feel good in my in my older age and look hot and sexy and feel strong in my body and all of these things. But, but they get discouraged because then they think, oh, well, you know, that's Troy. How can I do anything like that? What would be your, your first starting tips for them to be able to move into a space where they can start emulating their own sexiness, not copying yours because no one can copy you, but at the same time, utilize you as an opportunity to, to see possibility? What, could, what would you recommend? Well, first and foremost, I think it's good to recognize that um, we all have our, our pain and, and joy inside of us. So comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. I'll say that again. Comparison is the thief of joy. So when you're scrolling on Instagram, looking at everyone's happy life and then judging you know, it on your own, just remember that I have my own pain. People, you know, they look at my body. The fact of the matter is the book is full of pain. This book is like a pain train. Troy Casey all up in your grill. Just it's designed. It starts out with Tupac Shakur and Donatella Versace and uh, snorting heroin in Milan in 1996. And two months later, Tupac died. And I went through all my trials and tribulations and alcoholism and then sobered up and found meditation. And then uh, got married and had black mold exposure and had autoimmune and brought to my knees and then divorce. And then, um, and then I remarried my ex-wife, right? So all the trials and tribulations and triumphs of life, we're all in the same boat, guys. Newsflash. You know, you, you look at me and you see me standing on the ball looking like a Greek god. You know, I have my own pain that I deal with. You're in the cash out, uh, place at, at, at Target or something like that, and you start being rude to that person, remember that person is probably also on food stamps or struggling to feed their family, et cetera. They're dealing with pain. So we, there's only one here. You're looking at your mirror at all times, whether that's in relationship or whether that's looking at the front cover of my book, et cetera. The sum, we are the sum total of the all. And so we can't, judge without judging ourselves. And so you have to start from where you're at. No one else is luckier or, or has less gifts than you. We all have gifts. We all have genius inside of us. We all have love inside of us. And so comparison is the thief of joy. Perfection doesn't exist, right? We are perfectly imperfect. We're a work in progress. So start from where you're at utilize the principles inside of the book, start applying them systematically to your life. If you're a human being and you have biology, these principles apply to you. I have dealt with massive amounts of pain. Dirk has uh, uh, dealt with massive amounts of pain and joy. And we have both at our disposal. Start aligning yourself with where you want to be. Start balancing with yourself with where you're out of balance. Remember, flip that yin-yang coin over. There's only two forces that are guiding everything. So if you're out of balance, just if, if you're not moving your body enough, start moving your body more. If you're moving your body too much and you're stressed out and facing burnout, again, do the Qigong or the gentle yoga, not the power yoga, or the best exercise that I recommend is simply walking. It's the way the human body, 
body was designed to move through time and space. You start killing two birds with one stone. You're de-stressing the body and you're mobilizing the lymph, which is the purpose of exercise. And exercise is not a luxury. It's a necessity. So you start, you start, you start understanding greater understanding. You understand the body is 70% water and that you need good, pure water going into the body every single day. You understand that the body rebuilds its spinal cord, its nervous system, and its eyeballs with the natural elements of the food. So you start, you start going, do I want beautiful eyes? Well, then I better start getting the highest quality nutrients inside my bloodstream to replicate beautiful eyeballs, to replicate beautiful skin, et cetera, et cetera. Don't play the victim, right? Look in that mirror. No one's better off than you. They're just different. They have different gifts. Hey, raise your hand if you want to be left on the side of the road as a 14-year-old child and 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 get the shit beaten out of you and 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 get the psychological shit beaten out of you, you know, telling you to do one thing and then you're doing that thing as a young child and then getting berated for doing that same thing. That'll fucking cluster fuck the shit out of your psychology. Oh, Who wants sick. that? Raise your hand. Okay. So now think about that when you when you look at the cover or you watch my 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 videos and I got divorced and, and, and I had all my businesses collapse. And so raise your hand if you want that. Okay. Cause that, that's the shadow part of my life, right? Raise the, raise your hand if you want, you know, six, seven, eight years of alcoholism, you know, doing heroin, all, all, all sorts of, you know, stuff like that. Raise your hand if you want that. No, you probably don't want my shadow because you know what? You got your own shadow. So deal with yourself, look in the mirror. Take stock of yourself, know that we're all in the same boat, and then create more balance inside your life and move forward towards reintegrating that divinity, the presence of God that's inside of you. You know, people say, don't judge a book by its cover, but you know what? We do that. So I designed the cover so you could look at the presence of God inside of your own self, the sacred geometry, the the Metatron's cube is there to activate the, your own God consciousness inside of yourself. We're only mirrors of each other. That's all we are. There's only one here. Mm. I just want to pause for a moment, tribe, and just take a deep inhalation. And exhale. And just let all of those beautiful words and wisdom and knowledge just sit in you in the right place. Let those seeds germinate in you in the right place so that, so that that gets rooted in. Because what everything that Troy just said needs to be rooted in. And when I say need, I mean need. It needs to be rooted in. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, just, just marinate in that. Oh, so good. Mm, yes. Absolutely. Yes. So where can people, you know, find your book? TroyCasey.com. It's um, readily available there. Uh, I think we got a separate website, uh, rippedat50book.com. Um, it's on my Instagram page and all my YouTube videos. If you're listening to this in 2020. And how do people get in touch with you? How do they follow you? Where, what kind of platforms are you on? Like, give us, give us the deets. 
I'm most dominant on uh, Instagram currently, but I've been on YouTube since 2006. So I make uh, two, three, four, five videos a, uh, a week on YouTube. Um, I communicate with most of my people on uh, Instagram, but I'm, I'm also still on Facebook. And uh, and then if you're in LA, man, I'm at Muscle Beach and Air One and I'm like a social butterfly. So I'm out and about. Are you still doing that right now with the coronavirus? Hell yeah. <laughs> Heavens, yes. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's wonderful. <laughs> man, somebody's got to hold it down. Man, I'm... Uh, I'm an, Ameri- I'm, I'm an American. It's my constitutional right. And, you know, I don't, I don't believe in half the scaremongering that they have. Look, everyone's going to die. And, and uh, you know, death is part well, of that's life. That's inevitable. Yes, of course. And there is no real death. So I'm not afraid of, I'm not afraid of the bubonic plague, man. The, the thieves figured that out with the essential oils of cardamom, clove, and, and rosemary. Mm-hmm. And they were able to survive. So there, there's always a way to survive. I'm a, I'm a thriver. I'm a survivor and a thriver. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Absolutely. I'm just here to relish in the bask in the consciousness of God. Mm-hmm. I like that. Well, I just want to thank you for being here on Ancient Wisdom today and try you know, go to Troy's website. Again, can you tell them that one more time where they can get your book? TroyCasey.com, RippedAt50Book.com, Instagram, and YouTube. Excellent. Thank you so much. It's been an honor and a pleasure, and I'm very honored and grateful for you showing up for everyone here in the tribe and with your knowledge and your wisdom to be shared today on Ancient Wisdom Today. Thank you, Troy. Love you, brother. Really excited to have Troy Casey on Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. I've known Troy for a very, very long time. And every time I see him, um, he's either standing outside naked or swinging his body in different ways to generate health or standing with a group of men and helping them come into their their masculine energy and and harnessing his power with the earth. And... And really demonstrating, you know, that age has nothing to do with health and strength and power. And I've always seen that about Troy. And so it was really, really great to have him on Ancient Wisdom today to share his thoughts and to talk about his new book and to be able to really dive in to a lot of the things that we're experiencing as a tribe and as a culture of people on planet Earth right now. I love the the way he told his story about his his life and being in the Amazon and how he laughed out loud in ceremony and you know it's funny because when you're in those plant medicine uh, ceremonies or any ceremony and you start to see how you're responding it shows a lot about your spirit and so the fact that he laughed out loud in ceremony and also was a comedian and kind of took his spiritual journey into that space of not making it so heavy and so, you know, rule based in rules. And I think we can learn a lot from that because I think that in society, what we do or we tend to do is we tend to believe to be spiritual. We have to be these very like very stiff and stoic type people instead of realizing that we can make it fun and humorous and we can laugh at ourselves when we, when we do something that we think isn't in harmony or in balance and be able to move ourselves from these places of judgment 
and I should have or I could have and why didn't I and then beating up on ourselves, which is not really productive to the human development or the human um, developing aspect of our spirit that is guiding us on this greater journey for our human development. So I think the idea of being able to step into that space and realize that the lightness and the lightheartedness actually opens more doors of opportunity than it does by you hammering and punching and kicking and screaming and yelling and arguing and bickering with people, with yourself and with your community instead of going in and with this very graceful approach, this, be- this beautiful vibing of energy that is surged through love, playfulness and silliness and goofiness where you're not really attached to anything because you're laughing and, and experiencing life from a very lighthearted perspective, which in fact, not only is supportive to your health, but it also increases your dopamine in your, in your brain and releases those serotonins and allows your body to feel that really feel good feeling that we all really need to feel. And we're only going to get to that space if we stop hammering ourselves, kicking and punching ourselves, smacking ourselves, yelling at ourselves, being disappointed in ourselves, being shameful and guilty with ourselves and holding any type of expectation or any frequency that creates any form of suffocation or stagnation on who we are. So to learn something from that experience that Troy was speaking of, which is to find that humor. And when he laughed in that ceremony, and we look at ceremony, we look at the, the rules um, that we've created around what ceremony actually is. And ceremony doesn't just you sitting around and doing ayahuasca. Ceremony is routine. It is the things that you get into every single day. And it is a ceremony. And so how do you create that ceremony? And how do you bring that playfulness, that jovialness into the ceremony where you're not going into these very like, I have to do it like this. And now I got to go to the gym and now I eat and now I got to go do this. And now I do my biohacking and now I go do my meditation and now I'm going to listen to the podcast and now I'm going to do this. But like just really finding that your routine is ceremony and how can you laugh out loud in that ceremony and really bring that to a, a different level so that it opens up those narrow pathways and starts creating those synthesis that connect you with more experiences to feel lighthearted about and allow your path to be lighter instead of heavier. Because we can all use a little lightness right now, right? And if we just allow ourselves to have it, like really have it, and just give ourselves that moment of grace through laughter, through joy, and through just taking the piss out of our own selves, by laughing at our own selves, laughing at our places where we're wanting to argue or bicker or laughing at our power struggles that we want to go into to, to, to be righteous and, and to be prideful and just laugh at all of it and be like, what am I actually arguing about? What am I bickering about? What am I beating myself up about right now? Why am I getting upset with myself right now? Why am I caring so much about what that person thinks? And what am I putting my energy into? And then laughing about it and seeing the humor in like, how funny we are as a species and that we don't have to to be so stoic and so caught up in that very stone mentality right so i really love that he brought that and you know i think that's a very fine point for us moving forward in our evolution and it's also a wonderful coping mechanism point and being able to 
suggest a new way of observing and reacting to our world. Because a lot of times when people react, they're reacting with like fear or like worry or like, oh my God, I don't have enough or this or that or, you know. And in relationships, same thing. You're either just reacting, oh, you're hurting me, you're hurting me. You did this to me, you did this to me. And it's like, you know, we all just want love and we all just want to be acknowledged and we all just want to feel good. So what does it take for us to do that? And I think that becoming a part of your ceremony every day can really create a great change in your life. And I love how, you know, he was talking about his journey into understanding his body through modeling, which I did as well. And I can tell you right off the bat, when I walked away from shamanism a long time ago and decided to step into modeling and I started doing shows and I started doing a lot of photographs and I was doing television, all this kind of stuff. I literally was starving myself to get into those clothes for those runways. And a lot of the other models were too. I remember in one of our model apartments, we had popcorn and Coca-Cola. And I guess an unhealthy choice, I'm sure you're thinking. Popcorn and Coca-Cola. And why do we have popcorn and Coca-Cola? Because the popcorn and and filling ourselves up with popcorn and then saturating it with Coca-Cola made us feel full so that we would not want to eat. And then we can go to the parties and not eat. And no one was eating anyway because it was model parties and the food would just sit there. And no one would want to see another model eating because then they would feel like, oh, look at that model eating. They're not going to be able, they're going to get fat and bloated and, you know, all these different things. So there was always this competition with other models. And then there was always this, oh my God, I have like tons of go-sees the next day. And they're, the first thing they're going to look at is my body. And if I'm holding, like, what, how much fat am I holding on my body? Can I fit the clothes that they want me to wear on the runway or whatever it is that I'm doing? So I really found myself starving. So I can understand and really relate to what Troy was saying. I, you know, a lot of the reasons why I actually walked away from the modeling industry was because I didn't feel fulfilled that I was able to bring my love and my knowledge and my wisdom to the masses just by walking down the runway. I mean, I had a friend once say to me, she's like, when you walk down the runway, um, why don't you just beam love at everybody and then you're doing your service? And I, and I did that, you know, but still I didn't feel fulfilled and I knew I would feel fulfilled more if I just went back and completed, you know, being shaman to becoming shaman Durek. So, but anyway, what he was saying, which I thought was lovely was like when he was in Milan and he would, you know, you do like this, this junk food, you're eating food, you're feeling bloated and you don't want to be bloated because the moment you get bloated, your agent comes cracking down on you because they make money off of you staying skinny and fitting the clothes and booking the jobs. So they would call you fat and like, why are you getting so fat? You need to go to the gym. You need to lose weight. Like, so you, you get all this pressure and intensity because you know that they make their money off of you off a percentage of what you make and you make your money off of what you get in your castings and the jobs you land. And you don't land those jobs if you're coming in the door bloated and you can't even fit in a pair of jeans or a nice suit or whatever outfit they're putting in front of you. So, you know, for him to go, it led him to to find ways for him to take better care of himself so that he can get rid of the bloating and, and so forth. And that's a, a, an ongoing journey. But isn't it interesting? And this is the point that I wanted to make. Isn't it interesting how you can actually realize that spirit is always guiding you no matter where you are in your journey? Spirit knew that his path was going to be in understanding health and wellness. 
but he was modeling at the time. And so that was also a part of his path that would lead to something more later on, more being him in the camera or being in front of people and speaking and whatnot. He wanting to, you know, to, to understand that that energy of what he was creating was also a part of some aspect that he needed to take on for later dates. You know, like for me, I always, always ask myself, why did I, why was I going into acting? Why was I in modeling? Why was I doing these fashion shows? Why was I um, being a VJ and doing stuff on MTV for the grind? Why was I doing all of this stuff? Why was I dancing on MTV? Why was I, you know, doing all of these things? And then as time went on in my life, I realized that nothing that I've done has been in vain. It was all set up to guide me to where I am now. A lot of my quirky sides of my personality and my comfortableness in front of the cameras when I'm on the TV show, The Doctors or on Good Morning America or any type of TV show that I'm on, you know, it always goes into this space of like, wow, I feel so comfortable. It's so easy for me. If it had been me just being Shaman Durek and then thrown into the world of media without having gotten my feet wet at a younger age, I probably would have been a little bit more fumbling and a little bit more um, held back. And the way that I speak when I speak to like thousands of people, you know, on stage and when I'm speaking in front of the camera or talking and doing interviews or any of these things, right? I would be a little bit more reserved and shy and, and feeling insecure because I didn't have that foundation. So we always have to remind ourselves, and I'm going to use Troy's, you know, story as that reminder of him being that model in Milan and also, you know, going through the bloating, even the bloating had purpose to guide him to learning more about health and wellness, which has a huge part of who he is today. And also the modeling led him to be comfortable in public speaking and standing up on stage and looking good and being able to feel good in himself and to see what is really important versus the superficial things. And now he's able to see what's important and how to balance those things. Not saying he can't, you know, wear nice clothes and have nice things and still be able to be this very wellness um, leader and spiritual person. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is he's able to marriage those into one aspect of himself where it doesn't take precedence over one or the other, but he's able to truly live in that combination because I've seen him rock some serious amazing outfits and when i see him out in public sometimes we'll be in malibu and i'll be like dude where did you get that outfit you like you're like just right off of the runway you know and um but at the same time i see him from that outfit to looking fly to all of a sudden wearing like an underwear and just, you know doing sun rituals and and you know and and working his stomach and opening up the organs and pulling out poisons and going through all these very, you know, ancient techniques with his body and so forth. So again, it's about bringing those two in and not excluding one over the other. And so when you look at your life, tribal members, it's important for you to look at your life and realize that everything that you've gone through from where you are now to what has been, has not been in vain. All of those things will make sense to you the more you go on your journey and you would realize that a lot of those things that you learned, things that you thought were meaningless and like, why am I in it, are actually amazing gifts that are helping you and assisting you 
and little keynotes that are opening up greater keynotes to open up bigger doors, right? And so those little keys that are that you thought were like nothing are actually very important to playing the orchestra of your life. And so I would be appreciative of all the things that you've gone through. You know, there's an, uh, a shamanic saying that says the good or the bad, it doesn't matter because each of those things are there to guide you to your enlightenment. So it's it, being able to transform into that space. And so what I love what Troy said in regards to that is your curse is our gift, right? So the curse is our gift. And that just sums it up so clearly because what you think is this horrible thing is actually going to turn out to be this divinity, this divine thing that you may not have seen when you were in it because you were in it. And then as you continue to evolve and adapt on your journey, you'll begin to see it unfolding in such a beautiful and eloquent way. And you'll go, oh my God, I'm so glad that I went through all that pain or I went through that abuse or I went through that drug addiction or I went through being an alcoholic or I went through those dysfunctional relationships or I went through, you know, dancing or tap dancing or singing or I went through feeling embarrassment in school or being the nerd in school and all these different things, right, will lead to something that is absolutely wonderful and just absolutely supportive to not only you but to your community and the people around you so you know i always say god doesn't make mistakes you know source doesn't make mistakes spirit doesn't make mistakes right we don't make mistakes and even though we may think we make mistakes we really 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 don't there are some beings you would say well how come that person completely you know lost their life to drugs and all these different things well how do you know that their whole purpose was to lose their lose their life to drugs so that they can transcend that energy for other people and their role is just to play a role again we don't know what role each person is playing and we don't know how it's all going to be played out but what we do know that however it is it is always going to be for the best so you know, I love that. And I love that when we understand that, you know, what Troy was saying is that the decline in taking care of ourselves as individuals is a programmed brain virus, right? And the brain virus has been programmed through our system, through the matrix, which is telling us that drugs and junk food is the main importance that we need to fill in those, vacu- those vacuous holes, right, of discomfort and pain and, and insecurity and lack and limitation, and fear and all of these other things instead of us beginning to understand that the system needs us to continue to support war drugs and bad food so that we stay in this very low vibrational energy you know as as caesar once said give them the arena and give them food and they'll never know what the republic does well of course they wouldn't because you give them cheap food you're lowering their body lowering their immune system You're not giving their body what they need to have high vibrating, optimized brain, which is like mitochondria and everything is just accelerated. And the body is just taking in such powerful energy that they're fully like capable of witnessing, observing and aware of their surroundings themselves and everyone else around them. So they make smarter choices because they feel good because the food they're putting in their body is good. 
And, you know, and the same with drugs and the same with, you know, everything else that the system throws at us to keep us in this disarray. And the thing is, is for us to come out of it and get out of the idea that we have to chase money and start making ourselves a magnet to pull in money by our understanding of self, right? And that understanding of self can only occur when we are recognizing that we are the resource and we are the value. And so when we see that ourselves as a resource and the value, we're able to pull things in naturally because we're speaking into the center of our core. We're speaking into the center of creation, the truth. And therefore that begins to emulate out into the world and emulate more out into the world. And before you know it, the very thing is showing up as a reality that you are actually living in and embodying. So, you know, I have a lot of beliefs about the coronavirus and I'm not going to go into every single detail about it, but I will tell you this. I do believe, like what Troy said, the coronavirus is giving nature and people a chance to reduce the frenetic energy. The moment the coronavirus started, the, the, the fear that comes from people is the fear of losing that which was giving them comfort. Comfort isn't found in the external. Comfort is found in the internal. And until we actually realize that, we're going to keep having more external things to make us more uncomfortable until we get more comfortable with the internal and realizing that's where our true security and safety lie, right? So with the coronavirus, it's giving us an opportunity to reduce the frenetic energy, that intense energy that's like, go, 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 go. And you have to do this and expectations and run errands and drop this off and do this and that and da, 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 da. And chasing after some dream without realizing the people around you who are here with you for a limited time and the nature that's around you and the yummy food that you can eat and the conversations you can have and the inner um, wellness that you can create within your own self, right? And so we really understand that as we are beginning to develop this mindset of realizing what it means for us to truly recognize wellness, wellness has to come out of the idea of being trendy and wellness stepping into a place of being a model for thriving, right? So that's true wellness. So when we get into that, we want to align our purpose to what we love and what we appreciate and what we value that makes us happy, not what we need to pay the bills. We have to shift the narrative into a different conversation. And that creates a new type of awakening for humanity. So we, we are gifted with this time to rest and go within and not make excuses that we can't go within because, hey, there's coronavirus. You have a lot of time to dedicate to your self-care, to taking care of your spiritual evolution by going in and really confronting the shadow and taking a lot of the stuff that the shadow has been holding on to for you and say, hey, shadow, I'm here. What is it that I've not been taking responsibility for? Give it to me. And then the shadow becomes lighter and lighter until it becomes the beam of light that opens up your ascension to recognizing how you are this multidimensional being of infinite power and that you are the creator of creators over creators of creators and that all of us are the multidimensional expressions of each other in many embodiments, but we are actually one source of powerful energy. So instead of us going, like Troy said, the external tool, right, as looking for like ayahuasca or anything outside of us as this external tool to lead us into enlightenment, 
and but understanding that the spirit as the definition of human thriving is so that the internal is the is the core place where we need to spend our time and so instead of putting our power on the external we start putting it on the internal and realize that the external is just giving us temporary gratification uh, gratif- gratification versus the internal giving us eternal um eternal happiness so really stepping into that space and if you're living in sunny climates right sunny t- climates you know you want to get out in like you know and and work out and do things with your body and spend time under the sun spend time in nature as much as possible get out of your house even if it's just for a walk and winter you know winter places right where people are living in the winter this is the time to go in and do all of that creative internal processing and loving and self-care loving and, and and going in and dialing into all those different levels of your multidimensional being and lifting them to higher states of consciousness through word through lexicon through the way in which you think and also developing more and more emotional intelligence so it's really beautiful when we understand that so that when we start to fill our cups from the external our drinking from that cup is um is 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 not going to have the flavors and the taste and the in the in the the nutrients and the in the in the the energy that we really need but when we fill our cups from the internal it is this ever giving well that never runs dry and it's constantly giving to us as we keep going in to drink even more of ourselves so the key element which i really love that troy mentioned is that you know peace on earth is the reigning is reigning supreme and so no matter what you see on the news and no matter what people tell you and no matter what anyone says peace on earth is reigning it's it's here and it's developing and growing and taking over all of the energies that have been stagnant and and been suppressed and it's opening it up so where you can do your part to increase that is by focusing on that vision so that everyone focuses on that vision and dreams that dream to that dream becomes fully consumed as your reality. So I love you and I'm happy that we had Troy Casey on to share some amazing dropping some amazing gems and wisdom to share with the tribe. I love you all. It's super awesome and uh that's all I got to say about that. I've created the Healing Temple because people all over the world want and need healing, but don't have the access to those healers or can't afford them. One of the biggest high-ticket items in the world today is remote healing, but some sessions cost hundreds to even thousands of dollars. And for only $10, the Healing Temple is a collective space for people to come together every Friday for 30 minutes. Participants are opening a wellspring of abilities, alleviating stress and brain fog, where the mind becomes more optimized and performance based and where you learn to utilize energy to up level your consciousness the healing temple also helps to break down walls where you begin operating in awareness of wellness feeling ambitious and inspired like things are really changing in your life inside the healing temple you're also stepping into a world where you might experience phenomenons that you thought wasn't possible 
something as small as a chill or the hair standing on the back of your neck becomes like an opening door. Some members have even said they've experienced increased psychic abilities and that these sensations have intensified with following sessions. I've trained my powers to impact change and I've learned how to get results. Who doesn't want to feel good? The Healing Temple is not only beneficial to you, but also to those around you because when you're feeling good, you shine that positive energy onto others, your partner, your children, coworkers, even your dog or your cat. Everyone around you begins to feel better because you are feeling better. It's a rippling effect that's much needed on this planet. We need the Healing Temple more than ever right now because of all of that's happening in the world, the social political structures, calamities, chaos, and feelings of hopelessness and despair. The social climate is on high and this pressure cooker is taking a negative toll on how many of us feel. The Healing Temple offers comfort on a global level because when more people are feeling good, the more kindness, generosity, and realness is generated. For only $10, I invite you to become part of the community that seeks to do good, to feel good, and to make this world a better place. Go to shamandurek.com and click the Healing Temple to join our wellspring of healing, restoration, and elevated consciousness. See you in the temple. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Tribe, I love you all so much. And if you want to stay connected, be sure to check me out on IG at Shaman Durek. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please visit shamandurek.com or contact info at shamandurek.com to learn more. And remember, tribe, no matter what, stay lit.